I am. Otherwise, you know, the moment you don't. God help us all. Otherwise, God help us all. (laughs) He's back. No, you. (laughs) I'm back. Yeah. God never left you. (laughs) Although you did leave him. I'm. We're we're going through a breakup. You need some Jesus. I do need some Jesus. I need some Jesus. Wait, don't you have a joke about? Having the hots for Jesus. I have several, actually. <laughs> several hots for several jokes. Both. Um, really? Because there's several versions of Jesus, so there's, like, white Jesus, and, you know, like, if you want a privileged boyfriend, that's who you go for. There's, like, you know, historical... Historical, um, accurate Jesus. Jesus. You know, who was more... Who was, you know, shorter, darker. But I think he's more fun to be with. Well, he was a Jew, you know, he was a Jew in the... In the zero year. In the year zero. In the year zero. But yeah, I have... Uh, I mean, one of the jokes is basically like the opposite, where I say uh, that I went to Christian school and it was awkward because there I learned that Jesus loved me and I only liked him as a friend. Which is a very dumb joke. But people like that joke. It's the story of your life, though, isn't it? Yeah, the other way around. The other, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. No, actually, I mean... No, like... I don't know. I don't know. Let's not go into the, how sad my love life is. How is your love life, by the uh, way? Well, I've been texting this guy. Ooh. He's really cute. Really Where smart. did you meet? Uh, Twitter. Actually, we met during Pride, um, like, two years ago. Right. What are you looking for? You're looking for your fire. I'm looking for fire. 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 Where was my fire? I had fire. Now it is gone. Carry mm-hmm. on. Continue. Um, How did you meet this Twitter person? Uh, well, actually, we met him. We met. We first met at Pride a couple of years ago. We were well. Actually, he recognized me and he asked asked for a photo. And you know, I he appealed to your ego. He was like, "Can I take a picture with you, sir?" Yeah, basically. Like this is was this was when I was uh, when I had a YouTube uh, presence. With, uh, oh, so he recognized you from YouTube? Yes. Wait, you used to have YouTube videos? Yeah, with uh, Servicio de Agencia. It was called um, Departamento de Quejas, the Complaints Department. Why did not did I not know of this? I don't know why, because I've mentioned this before, I'm sure. Uh, Eugenio you... Derbez? Mm, no. no. <gasps> he stole your idea. Probably. Um... I found you. Yeah. With... Is that Pablo? No, if, if there's one with Otto, Otto Cabrera. Oh, right, that's we, right. That's where we discuss bisexuality, which is a thing that exists. It, is it? Apparently. Rubbish. <laughs> no, I believe It's that. a thing you do when you're... It is like, a thing I do. It is yeah, definitely, it's definitely a thing I do. I don't do oh, it. So many videos. Um, so, he recognized me from those videos. Uh, we took a photo. And then, like, not so long ago, he messaged me on Twitter... And we were talking, and he's like, "You don't remember me, do you?" And he was no. That's such a nice way to start off a conversation. No, 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 no. no. I want to do this with people in general. It's like, you but remember. you don't remember me, do you? No, it didn't start like that. Like we were talking, and then he said, "Like, do you remember that we met before?" And I'm like, "Oh crap! Like, how well did we meet before?" <laughs> what position was I in? Exactly. Uh, and then he mentioned uh, oh yeah we took photo we took a, I took a photo with you like at, at Pride 
And then that's I was... A bit, he's a bit full of himself, isn't he? I mean, if he expects you to remember that. That sounds like a very brief encounter. You wouldn't go like, oh, did we spend seven seconds together at Pride two years ago? That sounds like something well, the I thing, The remember. thing is, I kind of did remember him. Because oh. he was the cute, cuter guy that took a, took a photo with me that year. Oh. Uh, and I also saved the photo. Because I saved all the photos that they sent me with people at Pride. So I had, I had the photo too. Uh, so yeah, I've been... You've been dating. We've been... We've been seeing each other. Is that not dating? Do you have I don't distinction? Know. Do, you, do you have distinction? I think dating, when you're dating, is when you are making more of an effort to see each other. Like, now, we see each other, but like... Oh, the other thing with him is that he has... Thank you, dog. dog. That's my neighbor's dog, just yapping away. Um, we... <laughs> He hasn't seen me do stand up, and he doesn't want to do doesn't want to see me do stand up until uh, until later, which is a thing I respect. I don't like when guys I date go see, watch me do stand up. Well, yeah, that's interesting. Well, I've never been in that position because I started seeing my boyfriend before I became a comedian. So I don't know. I don't know if I would like someone I'm dating to see my stand up. I don't know. It's it's a very interesting question. Why do you not like it? Well, first of all, because when I'm on a stand-up show, I'm not with a person. Like, I'm usually... You're working. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I need to make sure that the... Like, especially with the, sh- the shows I'm helping produce, it's like, is the audio working? Where are, are people coming? Is there an audience? Exactly. So, I'm not in my best, you know, like, yay, disposition. Not that I'm usually am. I, um, no, rubbish. I mean, what, didn't you, like... No. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I it's, think it's, you could be a gracious host and still do your work. I mean, I don't think something would be so, so unreasonable as go, you're not paying any attention to me. Why are you not? But I've had, I've had, I've had experiences. Are you like serious? That, which, yeah, because like people think it's like, oh, well, you're here at a show and you don't have nothing to worry about. I'm like, no, actually, I am very worried about a lot of things right now. Um, Up to and including doing the job, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then, um,. And then there's a the thing that, you know, like, my show, especially right now, it's a lot of, like, I'm single now, blah, 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 single jokes, basically. And I've had guys uh, be like, why did you do those jokes if you're here with someone? I'm like, because the show wasn't so they, they catered personal. for you. They, they yeah, personal. maybe it's like, just to have a bad, bad taste in guys. That I think you me. might, because it's like, how, why do you say jokes about being single if you're here with me? You should yeah. have written, like, a 30-minute bit. Like, the old, like one of the few people that hasn't had an issue with that is my ex-boyfriend who was a comedian. Well, uh, yeah, he gets it. Exactly. He gets it. Because it, what, what I had to explain to someone, like, you, you don't understand that those things aren't invitations for people to flirt with me. They're just jokes. Right. Like, well, and, and some people see them as invitations for me to... Yeah, I think so. I've never made that connection before. I never talk about my... I've, I've never written a single joke about being either single or, or, yeah. or involved. I don't know why. No, you do. You do talk about it. You do mention your boyfriend at some point. I think. I've never. No. Okay. I don't mention my boyfriend. Neither. So. Nor do I mention that I'm single. Like I just. Like no. Here's the thing. I'm really, really uh, nervous at the first show, so it's hard for me to just like stay in one place. Absolutely. Uh, so like, if the person is sitting down at a table, uh, it's hard for me to just stay with that person. And you kind of feel obligated. Exactly. Yeah. Especially and if they're alone. Ex- yeah. Exactly. If they're all by themselves, like. Like yeah. if they come with a friend, I think that's better. That's easier. Yeah. You yeah. get buffer and they get to talk and yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, like they know it's not a date because not really. It's not really a date, is it? If you bring someone to your stand-up show, it's not a date. I mean, I think it could be like if you tell someone like at the moment you say like come see my stand-up, I think that becomes a date, and I've had that date, and I've had that date go okay. Um, but it's a thing, but it's not a first date. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. Do it. I'm, I'm, I'm such a terrible dater. Like I, I'm just me dating me, whom you have never known, and God willing, never will you. Like, you okay. said, like, just no. Um, single dating me is a very apprehensive. Is I mean, I am apprehensive. <laughs> what a is, surprise! But, uh, I'm very apprehensive about people, like, because um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, like, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm very vulnerable. Like, how am I coming across? And yeah. So I, I tend to be a very dry kind of person. I don't, I don't do the a lot of the pleasantries that kind of come with dating and the whole, you know. So, what kind of music do you like? I, I just. That's the thing, like, I, you know, there, there, there's a, there comes a point in the first date where you realize you're not, you're just going through the first date motions and this isn't really... I just want it to be over. I hate first Exactly. Dates. I just want it to be over. I, I like, I think the best first date does not feel like a first date. It's like, you, you have such a good chemistry that it feels like... That's how it happened with my boyfriend. Like, yeah. We, we, didn't, we, we didn't really do the whole, you know, what kind of music do you have? Because it was just like, it was just making each other laugh for, for a good three hours. Like, it was just... Yeah. Talking, I mean, we talked about work a lot, but which I like actually. It's one of the one of the few topics I actually like to organize work. Like a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's boring asking someone what they do." It's like, but I think it? you know, in the end, that's like half of their day. And if you end up in a relationship with them, that is what they do. That's what you're going to be Choos- hearing exactly for years and years. Yeah, choosing your your line of work. You know, that's kind of an important thing for your life. For your life. And if you don't want it to talk about what the other person would work and you know it's like it's not like they have to go through like specific details or anything but like when you can just listen to someone and you know care about what they're saying because like uh, it's not that always you know they have like super like a lot of people just have uh, they do have jobs that they try to keep you know like no I'm, it's my job and I, it, it and I it exists in the place where my job has to exist yeah. but I don't want to bring it you know it's not this thing that maybe they're passionate about but, you know, when they can t- tell you, like, well, you know, this is, you know, this is my job, this is what I do, this is what I like, this is why I chose to do what I did, I think that's better, because otherwise it's like, okay, then you like him, but you don't care about one third of his life. The other third being slip, sleep. Slip. Sleep. Oh, my God. How uh, do you sleep? Do you sleep in a fetal position? Do you like that kind of conversation? That'd be fun. Creepy. <laughs> You sleep with a dog. later, they always come like, it's like, are you the little spoon or the big spoon? And it's like, it depends on whatever. Like, I don't care. Both are great. Exactly. I think. And As sometimes, with many things. And sometimes I just want you like three feet away, you know, like. As with many things in my life, I've been pushed into making a choice and I refuse to make it. I like <laughs> both and I'm going to keep, I'm going to stick to both. Just sometimes exactly. all you need is to be the little spoon and all you need is to be the big spoon sometimes. Exactly. And it's fine. And exactly. after a good 20 minutes of cuddling, each just fucks off to their own corner because we all need our space and our rest. <laughs> it's been a long day. We're done. I like that. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, terrible da- I'm terrible at dating. So, so it's going well. But you're not dating this guy. You don't consider yourself dating this guy. Not yet. What been... needs to happen for you to consider yourself dating? That's a really good question. Um, I think it's, it would have to be way more often that we see each other. Because also, like, I went to the US in the middle of the, all this thing. You've so. just returned from visiting. Yeah, yeah, and like we've had like 
schedule conflict. So when I can meet for dinner, he can't, and vice versa. So uh, I think we're kind of just getting to know each other right now. I wouldn't call it dating. Or may, unless you consider dating getting to know each other. I think, I, I think it is. I think that's the whole point of dating. Like, when you know each other already and you're still seeing each other, that's boyfriend. That's a okay. relationship. Now. Okay. Like, you're done with the getting to know you thing. Okay. I mean, you still there, there's still a number of surprises I wish I'd been warned about, but still... There's always going to be there's surprises. There's always going to be like, oh my god, like, what? Especially, uh, like, there are surprises that their own bodies are going to give, you know, the person. It's just Oh, the body is fine. I'm fine with the body. Oh, toilet humor? My relationship runs on toilet humor and being assholes to people. This is just, this is the glue that keeps my relationship just... just and, and it's strong. It's a strong glue. Aww. Now, it's the things like... Okay, <laughs> this is something that I only found out, like... I moved in with my boyfriend. I've been living with him for, like, ten months. Already. Yes. And um, he didn't... We didn't have a, a rubbish bin in the bathroom. Uh-huh. And I thought it was just... We, we neglected to buy one. We, we forgot to buy one or whatever it was. And I, and I told him, like, I'm going to stop by this place. I'm going to get a waste... A waste bin because we need to have one in the bathroom and he goes <laughs> but he's like deadpan serious he goes oh no my family don't do that I was like <laughs> you don't put waste bins in the bathroom and he's not he says no and I say may I <laughs> he asked really, really gingerly I asked him why and he said very matter of factly because people will put poop paper in the waste bin they will and I'm like what no they don't they will no, they don't. They will. Not in my family. Mm. Poop paper you, goes you, in the toilet. If you have guests over. That's the whole... Sooner or later, one will. That's something that I didn't know happened. Yeah. I thought it happened in public public buildings. Sometimes we'll literally have a sign saying, no. do not throw paper in the toilet because it will clog. Because you have, I don't know, at a bar, if the bar has two toilets, that toilet's going to get flushed God knows, like, what, 200, 300 times a night? Mm-hmm. So, obviously, I get that for public places. But in a home, mm-hmm. I always thought poop goes in the toilet. That's kind of the purpose of the toilet. That's why we're not living in who wants to be a millionaire kind of world. You know what I mean? Like, that's the whole point of toiletry. toiletry. Yeah, no. Like, ev- everything. do it. Uh, and he tells Every me. single house I've been to. I mean, I, I, I mean, I suppose... It's this thing where you remember when you see it, so confirmation bias. But every single house I've been to uh, that has a, to- a waste basket in the bathroom usually has at least one paper. And I usually just go just go to houses when they have like several guests over. So one of them was in you know my boyfriend's family. The, the solution they came up with is do not put a waste bin, and therefore everything will go in the toilet. Yes, unless they keep it in their pockets. Yeah. <laughs> Which to me is equally stupid as putting it in, in a waste bin. Why would you do that? In a, I don't think they're putting it in, I think at that point they're like, okay, they're just going to put it in the toilet. They're just going to put Yeah, you're forcing them. And I told them, okay, fine. But like, for example, when I blow my nose yeah. on a tissue, I'm not going to put that in the, in the toilet and flush it. I'm not going to waste... Water. Like, so, resuming... Resuming the topic of poop in the waste bin, in waste it bin. causes me great turmoil that people would just like, I get it, it's just I never thought of it because maybe it's because my parents are not from this country and this is just not done in either Spain or Peru. 
Okay. People do not do this. I'm very surprised that there is something at which the Spanish are more civilized than literally any other country in the world. It surprises me to no end. Yeah. Um, from my understanding, like, like sometimes in some buildings, they tell people, like, you shouldn't be throwing that much paper in the toilet because, like, whatever. Especially when you have buildings that have, like, you know... People using a lot, like, using the toilet a lot, I get it. But, you know, a house. So, we reached an agreement, which is I got my waste bin for the bathroom for nose blowing and stuff like that. Like, you know. Yeah, like you buy it, something and you have some sort of trash. Yeah, soap. You open yeah. the soap and yeah. it comes, comes in wrapping. In box. And you, yeah. yeah, just just put the wrapping in the, like, just having it around. But he refuses to have it in the, in the guest bathroom. And yeah. he made such a good argument that now I've become one of them. Which is very, very frightening. But now I'm, I'm one of them, one of his family. Anyway, this is Mexicans. Welcome to Mexicans. This is Mexicans. It's called Mexicans because we're Mexican. And we just can't. We can't. We can't. I am joined by my co-host, Martin Leon. What he lacks in punchlines, he makes up for in age and experience. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> well, it has been a while. I sent you one. You did. What did, what did I send you? It was a very short because because uh, you were I don't know like I wasn't even involved in that conversation. Yeah. It just came out of nowhere. Like it was like you were talking to El Conde and some other person. Fanfic came at some right. point. Right. Yeah. Um, and it was like this. This stopped being funny. Did Martin come into the conversation or something like that? And I was like, thank you. We were having this. I feel loved. This stupid running joke on Twitter, which is like, I. Somebody said something, and then I was like, if this director directed it, then this yeah. happens. And then Conde was, well, if Wes Anderson directed it, then it's very symmetrical, and so on. And Gus Brahl came in and started saying things. And then someone said, uh, I think El Conde was like, just one more, please, before it stops being funny. And then I went, did, this, did Martin Leon direct this? Because it stopped being funny. <laughs> like, it's no longer funny. I'm so sorry. I was in no, with fine. Now you can no, roast no. me. Okay. Um, so let me introduce my co-host. Uh, he studied pedagogy. Is that correct? Well, I studied it, but you can't pronounce it. How do you, how do you pronounce Pedagogy. it? Pedagogy. Pedagogy. In order to better learn how to teach you to keep your mouth shut. Luis Augusto. <laughs> that is the reason. My, my acceptance essay, yeah. that was pretty much it. I just, want to, I just want to be able to tell... I just want to have the credentials required to tell people. Yeah, permanently. And this is my kind of roast for you. It's just like it's actually not a roast. No, it's a compliment. It's a compliment. I like complimenting you. Thank you. I don't. So anyway, complimenting me or yourself? (laughs) But pick one. Grab one of each. I'm feeling jealous. So you in this thing you pick pick one, but in other things you're like I don't need to choose. You're not. Choice is an illusion. Now (laughs) the gradient. There's there's a gamma. Anywho, uh, so today's Mexican stereotype is not going to be uh, whether you have a waste paper, waste basket on the... Although apparently it should be, but it's going to be immigration. You're the one who wanted to... I want to talk about immigration because I was thinking a lot about it because you have a family... Who, I do. ...who immigrated to the US. Yes. Like, from here to the US. And I, ha- I, I am Mexican-born, but my parents immigrated into Mexico. Yes. And people rarely, you know, like, let's start with you. Yes. How does it feel to have family who left? Well, it's weird because, um, 
To be honest, like as of late, I'm I've been giving myself reasons to regret lab choices. Uh, but like when my, my parents originally uh, left, uh, they moved to England, and I had just finished university. And not long before that, I had come out of the closet to them, which had not gone swimmingly. Let's put it that way. Uh, so when my parents uh, said they were going to England, I was I like I could have gone with them, and I didn't go with them because a I already had a job here in Mexico. Uh, in a production, in a TV series, uh, as a as part of the director uh, director's assistant team, and also like the thought of uh, just living with my parents in a new country with all the issues we were going through, it was kind of like no, I'd rather. Not. How old were you? I was uh, I was already twenty something. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so when they left, the, the, first they left to, to, to the UK, and then they went to the US. And now they've been in the US for so long that my parents are citizens of, of the US. Um, and now we're going through the paperwork so I can go work in the US. Mm. So, how is this? It feels weird. You know what? It feels really weird, especially considering most of my friends have family that lives here in Mexico City. Because I've always been used to have some family like, we always lived far away from, you know, like, our grandparents and, like, direct cousins and uncles and aunts. Like, they were always in Monterrey and we were in, like, Guadalajara or we were in, like, Cuernavaca or here in Mexico City. But it's really weird to not have, like, any direct family, like, in the city where you're in. Like, uh, like my parents, they live in Columbia, Missouri now. My sister's in Dallas. My brother's in Guadalajara. So it's not that I don't have a close circle of friends that I can depend on for a lot of things. But when people, like, for example, Sundays, usually Sunday is like family day and people go see their families and they have family lunches and family dinners and blah, blah, blah. And that's usually the day Martin's like just at home watching Netflix because... Uh, it's the best, isn't it? Yeah. I just love it. I, I love not having family in my city. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a terrible person. Terrible, terrible person. But how long have you had this? Well, like, the thing is, I never had any additional family since my parents immigrated. My parents yeah. immigrated from Peru, although my father is Spanish. He immigrated, in, he immigrated to Peru. He lived there for about 20 years. That's where he met my mother. Then they moved in here when my father was offered a position at the university here. And I never had any cousins, any uncles, any grandparents. Mm. Like, it was just... It didn't happen for me. So it was just the four of us. It was just my, my, my dad, my mum, my sister and me. So it was like, everyone was like, oh, my cousins. And, you know, everyone has such a large family in this country. Everyone's just they like, do. oh, you know, they fill the restaurant in their family yeah. reunions. Like, it's just literally... And sometimes I, the family reunion is every Sunday. Like, I do have a friend who, like, every Sunday she goes to have lunch with her family at a different restaurant, which is usually chosen by the person whose birthday is closest. And it's always like, she always says, like, this is huge, like, at least 20 people every Sunday. Um, and you know, it's not like when I go to Monterrey, I don't, I don't enjoy having like large family gatherings with with everyone there. And like, I have like a WhatsApp group with all of my, all of my family in Monterrey, and they're always like getting together for lunch or for dinner or for weekends, whatever. And for me, it's it's not like you know, like I'm. I mean, I also have large gatherings, so just with friends, it just feels different when it's with friends, especially with mostly friends your age. It's it not, feels better. I don't know if I call it better because I don't have the experience of having it, like having to constantly be seeing, like, because like one thing with um, with this friend who has a lot of family reunions, like every week, 
it's like she's always planning her weekend around those family reunions, and she's kind of expected at those family reunions. So it's kind of like that sounds like hell to me. Like I'd rather mm. have my fingernails pulled by a baby. It's just no yeah. toothing baby. <laughs> Recently toothing. But the thing, for example, is that my parents immigrated to the U.S. and my dad. Uh, here's the thing that happens a lot. Uh, to me when I go to the US it's like when people learn that you know my my dad uh, is, is an immigrant and my parents are immigrants they usually think that my dad uh, has uh, some sort of um, blue collar job you know he, they, he 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 did not they don't expect him to have entered the country legally oh so they go like ah oh, your father crossed the river and basically he's chasing the Americans. basically and and my dad you know he didn't do that he 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 was with xerox they they called they they brought him in like it was completely legal the whole thing the whole way uh, and my mom uh she got a green card so she could start working and she didn't start working until she had a green card uh there's people who don't wait for the green card in order to start working my sister, she's actually not a citizen. I thought she was. <coughs> Isn't she? No, I thought she was, but apparently, like she had, she never went through the process. Uh, um, so you're regretting not leaving with your family. You know, it's this thing where you, where at this point, I'm thinking, where would I be if I had? But I think it's a dumb thing I'm going through because in the end, uh, I don't think I would have been. I would have gone through of. Through a like um, drastically different path had I gone to with my parents, and I don't know. Also, my brain is conspiring against me constantly. So yes, second, <laughs> you're second guessing yourself in in a way that you can't really change. So exactly, yeah. and it's easy to go to, to be like, oh, if I had changed this uh, 15 years ago, everything would be different now. And yes, like of course it would. But it's like, yeah, but there's nothing for you to do about it now. Like, you know, you're regretting it or, you know, saying like, I should have, you know, it's just idiotic. Um, and so, no, I don't, I don't regret it because I also, I also enjoy like having been part of the whole boom of stand up here in Mexico. You were part of the boom. You were part of the start of stand up. Like you, you knew people when like yesterday I ran into Manchita at the, no, yeah. at the um, open mic. And I was like, what the hell are you doing here? Like, Manchita is this wonderful comedian, wonderful. She is. Uh, but she rarely does comedy. Like, she's also, she's a very busy person. Yeah, no, she... Um, but when she does come at comedy, it's a thing to behold. She's yes. really, 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 really good. And um, she was telling me about, like, oh, God, it's been so long since I, since I frequented the open mics. And back when it was at Beer Hall, and it was you, and it was her. And it was, like, these 15 other people. Mm-hmm. And it was, like... and. And they, she was talking about, like, and Talavera was there, and this guy was there, and so on. And so on. And just, like, the 15 people who are now very, very well regarded and very respected no. as the veterans, you know? So for me, going to the U.S., I don't, I don't know, it's different. You've mentioned this before, like, you were, your parents and you were welcome as immigrants here in Mexico. Because they white. Exactly. Well, yeah, a number of reasons. I mean, I'm not just going to say, I'm not going to... Simplify. I'm not going to say white privilege is not a thing because, God, why would I even say that? But I'm not going to say either that that was all it took. Like, my parents really worked their, worked their asses off. And my, my of dad course. really, you know, like, he was very successful as a professor and as a researcher. And, you know, the, the, his... You know, but the his, other thing with you is that you, on, 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 at first glance, you don't look like someone who wasn't and you don't you don't have an accent like a South American accent some people say I do it's a very strange thing I don't detect an accent when I speak Spanish my boyfriend says I have a 
thing. It's it's very hard to place. He wouldn't call it an accent, but he says like every once in a while use the the, the wrong word. Like for example, I will say conducir instead of manejar, which okay. is a, which is a very Spanish thing to say. It's not yeah. very Mexican to although that's the proper name. <laughs> if, if I take out my card, it says yeah. license of conducir. It doesn't yeah. say manejar. But um, it's like both those know, word meaning driving. Driving, right? yeah, it's, it's driving. Um, but you know, they will. You know, some people will say like they, I, I do get do get the question asked like, "Are you from here?" Okay. I don't know if it's the white thing or if it's, like I have a thing about me. Or I must have. I mean, I studied linguistics. I know that growing, you know, when you when you grow up in a household where people don't really speak the 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 way the people around you speak, even if it's the same language technically, you will get some of the dialect, and there is really very little you can do to remove it from your speech unless you consciously go through a therapy. And by therapy, I don't mean something corrective, but not necessarily, but like a coaching. Yeah. Like a, friend, you know, like a voice coach. Yeah, like a, a friend of mine who's Spanish, he's an actor here in Mexico, and he went through years and years of coaching to get rid of his Spanish accent as best as he could. And, uh, you know, I, some people will say that about me. But yeah, like a lot of people will go like, oh, you know, oh, you're the son of immigrants. That's very interesting. And then when I tell them, yeah, I'm half Peruvian, and they'll go, wait, but why aren't you brown? Yes. Like they, they can't... <laughs> Grass. It's a very mean girls kind of thing. Which is a mm, thing that happens to Mexicans in the US too. Yes. W- w- to white Mexicans, not to me. I tell the um, joke. Yeah, I tell that joke as well. Yes, like. And, and with, um, the thing is, like, in the US, uh, when, like, I do have an accent in English, and, and sometimes people, of course, will ask me, like, where are you from? And they'll tell me, don't tell me. And they, they will usually guess some sort of North African country before guessing Mexico. You do look a bit Arabic. Yeah. Like, yeah. And there, there is some Arabic blood in the timeline that the family yeah. pretends not to have. But um, but here's my question. Because, for example, my parents in the U.S., their main problems come from, from the fact that a lot... You know, there's a lot of uh, racism against uh, any sort of uh, person that wasn't mm. born in the U.S. Yes. And so... Like, my mom, she used to work at Macy's. 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 Uh, Macy's. That would have been a, 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 a way better place. For your mace needs. If, if, thou, if thou needs, I was thinking medieval. But I, I think it should be both. Like, you could have, like, the, the, the pepper spray and, like, or one with both. Art thou the classic mace person or the novelty mace person? You could have, like, a, like a classic mace that also shoots pepper spray oh, and I like call that. it like, the coughing you know, That's like the amazing. Pokemon? That's <laughs> like the spikes, when you spike something with it, it releases a cloud of exactly. it. Exactly. Oh my god, it's a mace with mace in it. Yes. And then you ask the character from Star Wars, Mace Windu, to wield, <laughs> to wield the mace mace. Shark so Tank? Mace Mace's Mace Mace. <laughs> Shark and Tank? Then we're going your eats, way. And then he eats maze. And, then, <laughs> and, the thing is and he goes into a maze. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> It's too much. It's too much. I love so, it. So, like, uh, what my question was to be like, because my, yeah. my parents do have, uh, like, stories of having, like, not, like, super violent discrimination. Like, usually it's just, like, for my mom, it was, like, customers saying, like, I can't understand you when other people right there were telling the person, like, she's speaking Quite clearly, she has an accent, but we everyone else here is understanding uh, but her. Some people are just awful. And they're exactly. like, I can't understand what she's saying. Exactly. What does she mean by... 
Pepperoni. Exactly. What is that? Exactly. Like, Man, and that's not even an American word. And for example, my dad has great conversational English, but when it comes to uh, like writing, especially he does have to do a lot of writing for his job, like that's where a lot of like words, he get, like he gets mis- like mixed up with words and he wants to like talk very like formally and he ends up sounding like weird. So, um, so that's, I don't know if your parents have similar experiences here in Mexico about with their, you know, experiences. Well, the thing is, okay, so Mexico, when I grew up, when I was growing up, there were immigrants in Mexico, but they were actually quite well liked from wherever, whichever country they came from. Like, you know, if you, you, we had uh, naturally because, you know, expats will usually seek out other expats because they can share their experience with them. And you now sometimes it, it does lead to a bit of a, you know, being isolated to a certain degree, especially my mother. She was kind of hanging out with a lot of Peruvian expats. Um, but people were very nice to them because it was like, oh, you come from Peru or you come from Spain or you come from Uruguay or from Argentina. And we had, especially in the 40s, 50s, 60s and 70s, we had massive immigration from uh, dictatorships because Mexico was doing, even though Mexico is in many, in many ways, and I can say this because I'm a Mexican, a shithole in some cases. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't mean Trump gets to say it, but I get to say it in some ways. Mexico was actually doing quite well, especially compared to a lot of these countries. And, you know, so a lot of Chilean people came in uh, d- during the, um, the Pinochet dictatorship. And then uh, there was the dictatorship in Spain. And a lot of people came from Spain as well. So Mexico had like a warm, even a pride mm-hmm. in we, you know, we are a, a very well-respected refuge yeah. for people seeking to rebuild their lives. But then it, that kind of that feeling kind of changed during the 2000s, like in the yeah. last 15 years. Like you have a lot of xenophobia beginning because now it's not people immigrating because of a dictatorship necessarily, and there's a lot of a lot more illegal immigration because Mexico, like a lot of these, most of these people, all of these people uh, who escaped the dictatorship, they immigrated legally. Mexico granted them asylum. Uh, there were institutions here in Mexico who specialized in granting asylum to asylum seekers. Um, now you don't really have that. There isn't really an institution that goes, you know, and for example, last year, it's, it's actually, it actually happens like three times a year, but last year it became a thing. People were talking about the migrant caravan. Mm-hmm. And this was like 5,000 people immigrating from Honduras into Mexico. And people were like so just assholes people were assholes about it and they were like just oh but what are we going to do with all these poor people it was like i guess the same thing we do with all the other poor people in mexico ignore them like i don't know like mm-hmm. if, if people were very very selfish about mexico mm-hmm. and some people just, just don't understand that for others for some people mexico is actually the american dream like yeah. even if they can't make it to the states a lot of these people were on their way to the u.s border but a lot of these, these people just stayed yeah. and you had people on the streets asking for money to continue on their way or to find jobs or whatever and people were just awful they, they just started expressing these things like someone someone uh, very close to me um i was having a conversation we were having lunch with my family and this this guy he was at the table. There was a large table, lots of people. And this guy, at some point, he actually uttered the word, the words, Mexico is for the Mexicans. Oh, yeah. And I was like, you do realize your lunch is being paid by two immigrants. And he was like, oh, but that's different because they immigrated legally. Same spiel. Mm-hmm. It's the same, to quote my, my dear boss, it's the same Michiganous spiel. 
The shame. The same. No, shame. totally, totally. No, there's, there's, um, there. I mean, and part of it is like I see a lot of people um, replicating the exact same uh, speech that got Trump elected. Exactly. I mean, there's a reason why why Pan was this close to running on a platform of make Mexico great again. Yeah, true. Um, and yeah, no, we, we changed from this country that was like, we're, we welcome immigrants and we welcome, like, we welcome people and we have like opportunities for these people. We had a pride. Yeah. We, there was a pride. And, it, and it's happening in several, in several ways because, for example, like even in the LGBTQ community, um, like Mexico City became like a haven for trans people of all of South America to come because here you could have like uh, you could uh, get paperwork with your right gender and everything and at some point like trans people here in Mexico started going like it's like they're coming and it's too many and it, like and it's not even like the best tra- you know it's like the same speech the best but- trans people yeah it just exactly. it permeated every single aspect of society and now you have like the crisis in Venezuela who's, that's been going on for the last five six years mm-hmm. and a lot of Venezuelans are coming in as well and you get a lot of animosity towards these mm-hmm. Venezuelans and they go like oh another Venezuelan and another Venezuelan and I'm like yeah but, like, how, how fucking dare you? Like, it's just... When Trump ran on, essentially, immigrants are rubbish, Mexicans are animals, and let's not let them in, everyone was outraged, rightfully so. Because how dare you turn racism into a campaign and make us the butt of it? And then, 5,000 people... These are people who are leaving everything behind. People don't leave everything behind unless they have nothing left to lose. Yeah. And people had no empathy. No empathy at all. Now... What can you do about it? Very little, I'll be honest. As a person, what can you do? You can make a donation, you can offer them food, but in the end, it's not like you can solve the problems of 5,000 people. It's yeah. very, it, it, it was and is a crisis. Yeah. But the lack of empathy, it's, and I don't know if it's a, a defense mechanism, that would be me rationalizing people's assholery and saying, oh, you know, you just, I mean, that, this is how it, you're dealing I mean, with it. But I mean, of course there's a defense mechanism, and of course it's easier always to blame the other. You know, that's kind of thing. That's the thing with um, uh, uh, this certain kind of speech. It's always easier to blame the other, to say, like, it's the fault of these people. The people, people. with accents. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and especially when you don't want to see the whole system of, uh, you know, actions that we take he- that we take here in the U.S. that end up affecting uh, economies in South America, which make... Um, when it's not the U.S. literally staging coups. Exactly. Literally. Just, oh. But, I mean, but you've, you've mentioned him before, like, the whole thing with, with uh, drug trafficking, you know? Like, there's a reason why the cartels in, South, in Central America uh, have the power that they have, you know? Like, and it's not because... Um, it's not because of magic. So and it, the it's the because and people the, are throwing the money exactly and the real and the real annoying I mean a lot a lot of things are annoying and annoying is is a word that's hard to soft here but um, because really um, when when Trump started the whole thing like build the wall thing uh, we were like completely against it and everything but when Trump asked uh, the current administration to be like you need to have a stronger uh, line of defense in possible. the southern border, like, that's exactly what happened. Like, the Guardia Nacional, which was this, like, thing that uh, the current president did, uh, well, made, uh, one of the first things they did was uh, go to the south border, like... Strengthen the border security. The way I put it, the way way I said it, it was like, you know, Trump did not build the wall, he made Mexico the wall. Um, 
And it was, and he's still building or planning to. Build. Like he's still bo- no, and you know planning what? on it. Not- but but also like here in Mexico, we also have uh, we also have camps where Im- immigrants are being held. Uh, we also have uh, we also have a lot of race, especially like especially uh, against immigrants, as you say, that that have any sort of any sort of melanin in their skin, because I don't think. Spaniards are getting the the kind of flack that uh, they're not. Of course, then. And you know who's getting the worst? Uh, you know, like the it's 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 people coming from Haiti and uh, the, the Caribbean, the Caribbean, who are America. who happen to be Afro uh, descendants, um, who are black. That's 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 what's happening. So it's really annoying to see, uh, on the one hand, people going like, "Oh, it's wrong that the U.S. has this racism against Mexicans," but when they are they are confronted with their own racism, they're like, "Well, you know, this is normal." Well, you know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna step on a slippery slope here because I'm, I'm not I'm not saying it's the best way to handle it, but if I put myself in the government's shoes, I would probably do the same thing. Not because of racism, not because of, but simply because you like if you have. 5,000 people marching into the country every three months, you're going to have a crisis. It's going to be very, 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 very mm. difficult to handle. I really, like, the camps are not there to, like, torture people. They're there because there's literally no place for them to go. Like, they can't cross over to the U.S. because, you, like, the U.S. is having none of it. And Mexico needs the U.S. We need the U.S. as a trade partner we also need the rest of Latin America we need the rest of Latin America but not as much as we need the US regrettably this is just the choices that were made I mean yeah but at what at one point are you, do you come because this is this is the thing that I've been like rap, you know wrestling a lot in my mind lately at what point do you do you choose a relationship over actual human beings no the thing is you have to choose both I'm not saying that the best solution is to put them in camps. But if I were the government, I don't know what 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 would I do? I mean, we like I get the frustration. I get the frustration of okay, we've got according to depending because they they've moved the poverty line around. So now it's like <laughs> oh, we have millions less poor. Yes, but no, not because they're less poor. It's just that your definition of poverty is changing. But we have yeah, you know best <laughs> estimates. Best estimates. We have twenty million people in this country living below the poverty line. That's yeah. the best, most optimistic estimate. It's probably around fifty or sixty million Mexican-born people who have very little opportunities, who are falling into the hands of organized crime. And if you have five thousand people coming in, and five thousand people coming in, five thousand p- people coming in, they're going to fall into organized crime as well. That it's just a like. Because, not because they're criminals, but because poverty makes them target. Mm-hmm. Makes them a target for criminals to recruit. That's the thing that people get wrong. They get it the wrong way around. It's yeah, but criminals it, immigrating. It's okay. poor people immigrating who will join organized crime very frequently because of desperation and lack of opportunities. So it's a very difficult thing. But my biggest problem is not with the, the actions of the government, because really I can't think of a better solution. I, could, I, I, I don't know about national security... I'm very ignorant, but I can't think of a better solution than strengthening the border. I personally can't. But talking to people, like regular people who are being so obnoxious and being so heartless, to, you know, to these people who really have nothing to lose and they're just like carrying their child yeah. for miles and miles and miles and miles and walking and then asking for someone to give them a ride and then that person gets the flag. Why are you helping these aliens? It's like, 
oh, I hate it. And that's why I tell the joke. And I, the, the joke that I tell was like, when I talk about my, my heritage and I talk about, oh, I'm the son of immigrants and so on. And people are all like, oh, okay, Spanish, Peruvian, that's cute. That's quaint. That's nice. And then I... You're like a labradoodle. Yeah. And then I switch <laughs> it around and it's like, because I start with this very nationalistic spiel of... Um, Mexico has like, Mexico, opened their doors. Mexico opened their doors and my parents were so... And they did, by the way. My parents were always telling me, like, Mexico is such a nice place. Such a... Like, this is the best place to, to raise you and please whatever you do with your life, as long as you're doing something for Mexico. Because we owe Mexico to good people, our children. We owe Mexico to good people who will, uh, you know... Uh, be the gratitude that we want to express to the country. And people usually break into applause when I say this without me prompting it. They'll go, yeah, like Mexico is the best country. That's usually uh, defined in English as clapter. Clapter? Yeah. It's like, it's not a joke. They're, 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 because it's not a joke, they're just clapping a thing that isn't a joke, but it's kind of like, it's just, you gave them a reason to give you goodwill and they give it to you. Exactly. And the goodwill bubbles into an applause that, yeah. you know, sweeps the room. And then I go, of course, you guys are clapping because my father is white and Spanish. If I told you that my father was brown and Honduran, yeah. you'd be giving my father a can of beans and telling him to fuck right off into the States. Mm. And people laugh because it's such a big confrontation because they were treating me differently because I am the son of white immigrants. And also this thing where, like, I, you know, like, I, 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 I like, my whole family for, like, at least two or three generations has been, like, Mexican-born. But I also don't know what it is. Like, of course I feel Mexican because I have nothing else to feel. Um, I feel Mexican too. Yeah, but, but I don't... Like, I, like, like, my, my, like my parents, like, most of the things I grew up with, they were American. Like, I had mostly American influences growing up. Like, TV, music. Like, for right now, like, Jose Jose died. Uh, yeah, I couldn't give I couldn't give less of a fuck. Yeah, I stopped caring about Professor Jose's death the moment he died. You know, like he died that sad, blah blah. blah. But they're like all oh, these songs, and then I'm like, I thought those songs were sung by Vicente Fernandez. I'm like, no, I no, no, no. I, I, yeah, and, and like, yeah, like so this Jose, Jose, iconography of Mexico. exactly. Yeah. And it's not like I don't like Mexican food, but I also don't feel like I have, have to have to be eating enchiladas every day to be Mexican. You oh, know, I'm like to- I would totally eat enchiladas. I, I, could, I could, I could, I could, but I also Chilequiles but I also enjoy all sorts of food, and a lot of them are aren't even considered. You know, like they're just stuff my mom made because she was in the kitchen. She wanted to make, so she made like pasta with octopus, and it was good. You know, and it wasn't like Veracruzana, or anything. it was just the thing she made. So that's a very Veracruzana thing to do. Yeah, but it wasn't like prepared in the like in the there's a there's a Mexico to prepare. No, but there is a very like there is a, a culture there present no. even in something as simple as pasta with octopus in it. Ver, Veracruz people love to add seafood to everything. With well, that's because you know next to the ocean. <laughs> yeah, but that, I mean, culture is geography in, in the end. Yeah, I mean, but what I was going for is like um, when people start going like all oh, the Mex- the very Mexican things that they grew up with, and like especially when it comes to comedy and when the things they're talking about in comedy. Uh, I don't relate to a lot of things. It's like, well, this, I am Mexican and I know I'm Mexican because all oh, this, 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 this. And when I go through the, those lists of stereotypes, I'm like, I cannot relate to 60 to 70% of this list because my family, like my parents were very, very, very uh, into American culture too. So like most of the movies I watched in when I was younger, they were American that or That was foreign, all of us. That was foreign. all of us. In- yeah, but, I, but my parents like made an effort to get you know the original language and you know um and there was a degree of malinchismo which is you know uh, xenophilia Zen, exactly yeah. um and 
and there's a lot of other things that people grew up that were like purely Mexican that I was just not given the chance to like even consume like telenovelas and then Chavo del Ocho and like basically anything that was in the news in the in channel 2 it was everything else we were even more snobs because we watched Canal Once Okay. Which is the cultural... The cultural... Run... Uh, it's run PBS. by... PBS. It's basically PBS run by one of the top universities in Mexico and yeah. in America. So, anyway. Um, so, we should talk more about immigration in another episode. <laughs> We've been talking about it for like an hour. Well, we should just continue talking about immigration. Just finish this episode and just say... On like, immigration? Okay. No, because I, want to, I wanted to say, like, I do feel... It's such a strange thing, but I do consider myself a patriot. And I'm very anti-nationalistic. Because there's a difference between patriotism and nationalism. The idea that your country is better simply because it is your country. That mm-hmm. is nationalism. That's rubbish. But I do feel a lot of love for Mexico. I was raised to feel a lot of love for Mexico. Even if some of the things about Mexico, even my parents said, like, that's really weird. Like, nopales... My parents were like, they bought them like a couple of times and they were like, we're done with this. Like, we can't, like, this is not going to happen in this house. Like, we can't, we can't deal with slimy food. And like, worms, not going to happen. And insects, not going to happen. Like, my, my parents were, even though I ate insects later in life, my parents, like, if you tell them, like, would you like a taco with insects in it? They're going to go like, fuck you. Like, no. Oh, but it's just not insects. I'd like to say you want a taco with plants in it. It's very specific insects that you eat. No, yeah, but I mean, there is a taboo in both countries my parents come from, even though my father comes from Spain and they eat snails there. So it's still an invertebrate. Mm-hmm. And they're disgusting, by the way. I hate snails, too. That's the funny thing. I hate a lot of things from the three countries. But the, the truth is that I do feel a lot of love for Mexico. I do, I do think that Mexico is a very, very... It's a good country. And I do feel that most... Even if it sounds like what the president might say at a press conference, and this is why I'm not running for office, I do feel that Mexican people are generally really good people. They're, they are a good thing, I don't think... I think that, at any, at, at, you know, at the end of the day, as you say, cultural is geographical. It's like, we have five Mexicos, depending on where in the country you grew up in. There's we have, like, the Mexico. north, we have, like, the, the west, the east, the center, and the south. Uh, and assholes are everywhere. Yes. Assholes are everywhere, and good people are everywhere, too. And I think that, in the end, we're more like, globally... Than we are, because um, like for example, there's like there's a lot of memes, you know, and there's one meme that I find completely false and stupid, which is like you have the flags of several countries, and like you have like several Latin American countries. So you're like in Argentina, they say that like you have like four countries where they just say, uh, "Let me open the door they for you." They state the things. Yeah, yeah, and then in Mexico, it's like a completely different thing because we're so different from every other culture on earth and every, and it's like every single country has these memes because every single country has developed their own identity and nat- national identity and every single country thinks they're so different from every other country in the world because they're in Colombia not Mexico but then when you scratch at the surface it's like like, like everyone does it yeah well okay that meme Although some some of the instances of this meme, I agree with you, they're just like they're just looking for something that is simply not there. Being the son of people who are from different Spanish-speaking countries, one European, one South American, so yeah. I get like both of those regions. You know, if you divide yeah. the great Spanish-speaking regions, um, 
And then, you know, having had the opportunity to live outside of the country, some of those memes are true. I'm sorry. Like, the... the I mean, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that there isn't a kernel of truth on the joke. The, I'm, like, I'm not, I'm the, not the saying... ones about politeness, Mexican politeness, which could be its own Mexican stereotype of the day. But, okay. like, the Mexican politeness... Write is it down. Just, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I'm not saying there aren't different cultural differences, but, like, even Mexican politeness, it's not all over Mexico. You're talking about the Mexican politeness that's basically about, uh, like, central Mexico. Because, like, even here in Mexico... No, southern Mexico as well. Okay. But, but, even, but even, but even here in Mexico, yeah, for some reason, the, the, the places that still have more uh, brown people feel more apologetic about their existence than the places in the north where the brown people were murdered. Uh, Agreed. So, like, even within Mexico, like, there are people that say, like, in the north people are way more direct and, and, like, not like central Mexico. And, like, even here in Mexico City, it's, like, people from these neighborhoods are way more direct than people from these other neighborhoods. So, in the end, it's, like, yeah, of course, if you, if you like, turn on the contrast uh, or turn off the contrast enough, you're going to, at some point, be able to, to, to make... Uh, sweeping generalizations about cultures, of course, and about genders and about sexualities and everything. But I think that at some there's one there comes a point where that like even if it's still funny, I find it's way more uh, damaging to human relations that it is like you get a little laugh, but the other side of that coin is that you get this idea that you're intrinsically different from people who are you are way more like than you think. You should run for office. <laughs> I think no, you're very, you're very, you're very right. I mean, in the end, comedy does need shorthand. Yes, stereotypes and these sweeping generalizations are the shorthand of comedy because when you bring in the anthropology of the thing, and trust me, I'm the son of two anthropologists. There is nothing more anti-comedy than anthropology. And I know <laughs> this. I know this from you know, personal experience firsthand. Um, but yeah, like, if you remove these things, then sometimes you lose the joke, which mm-hmm. is why all of us, every single comedian, uses generalization and uses stereotype. Yeah. There is not a single comedian that doesn't. But in the end, you're absolutely right. We do have more things in common than we have things, you know, that separate us. But, you know, what, what, what just really blows my mind about immigration is just the idea that in such a short time, feelings could have changed so much. Like, we went from admiring the South, the South Americans who escaped the dictatorship, and we respected the Chileans and the Argentinians, which, by the way, a lot of white people, but still, Peruvians as well, that most Peruvians are not white, and we, that, there was a lot of Peruvian people who were very, very proud of being here in Mexico, love Mexico very much, but now... And that's why I grew up with. People were like, oh, your mom's Peruvian. That's really cool. And, you know, I love Peruvian food and blah, 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 whatever. And now you get, like, these people. And that's why I even make the joke of my mom stealing someone's job. <laughs> and that, and people laugh at it because it's such a cruel thing. Because it was like, and what did your mom do? She was a housewife. She stole a Mexican maid's job. <laughs> because that's what South American people do. They steal our jobs and they jump the fence and so on. Yeah. And, uh, well, she did, technically, I guess. I don't know. That's the other thing in general about uh, the whole immigration thing. Uh, the idea that a person can come and steal stuff that was destined for you, not because you were going to do any sort of work to get it, no. but because you were born in a place and thus you had like a right for it, which is... An entitlement, really. Exactly. Exactly. Um... 
that's not something I have encountered a lot. Like when I've, I've gone to the U.S. to do stand-up, I do have a joke where I say like you, that I that I realize who's a Republican in the audience when I say I'm Mexican because they just look at me with this face. It's like, oh my god, no job is safe. Um, and there is no job bad enough that these immigrants will not take, take it. Exactly. And remember when that happened with with, uh, with Fox that uh, that in order to like tell the Americans like how grateful they should be about Latinos going to the US and doing jobs uh, he literally said they're doing jobs that not even black people want and he was like wow oh remember that wow we said the folks wow and now he's like a, a popular hero because he tells Trump to, to fuck off um, I, so anyway what, what I was going with this is I think there's, of course, there's a value for certain people to make people believe that the problem is the other against. It's like, oh my God, they're coming here and they're stealing your jobs and they're stealing your wives and they're stealing, uh, and they're gonna make friends with your children and what's gonna happen then? You know, like, it's gonna be bad. Uh, and that sort of speech, that sort of like, um, really xenophobic speech that I, I believe like started gaining uh, uh, territory uh, in the US it did come down to Mexico it translated into Mexico with you know if you know like we're not of course as Mexicans we cannot you know go against all of Mexico just the brown parts but what else is south who else can we blame for the problems of our country that isn't you know ourselves or influence from richer countries oh so it's the fault of those people so yeah as you say it's completely different to hear this person uh, went through a whole legal process and immigrated to mexico legally and legally is a weird word in the in the way that you know what de- what defines legal to non-legal is just something written on a paper somewhere and even then it's there's a there's a gray area like because refugees don't immigrate legally they yeah. get granted refugee status legally once they immigrate. Yeah. But most of the people that immigrate for, like, running from something, like, as refugees, they're not asking for permission first. Yeah. They're getting the fuck out of their country first, and then once they arrive. And then that's why Mexico, especially, I think it was, I may be making a mistake, but I think it was during um, Lopez Portillo, mm-hmm. the, the Lopez Portillo government in the in the. What is it? Oh God! I, I I may be saying th- something stupid, so if I make a mistake here, just bleep, just bleep it. I'm the last. Make person. me sound smart. Make me sound smart. <laughs> God damn it! I'm speaking next to you. That's all I could do for okay, you. Okay, so this and one, I think that's enough. That's enough. Thank you. I, I greatly appreciate it. But it was like the idea that Mexico became a, a shining light of we everyone is welcome. Mm-hmm. Mexico, we are fine with your refugees. Like we actually lived it, and we actually and you have enormous institutions here in Mexico who are made from the people who are grateful to Mexico and you have like for example for example the um, Spanish hospital to name mm. to name an institution which was is still to, to this day receives massive donations from people who immigrated into, into Mexico from Spain running from the Franco dictatorship and like a lot of people are very proud of this like entire schools and entire places that are just open to Mexicans now but still like they remain like we ran away from a place and mm. you guys took us in and we will never forget this mm. and it it was one of the like the biggest points of pride of, in my country that mm. i ever had being the son of immigrants and saying like this is how it should be done 
And during the, you know, the, when, when Bush was talking about immigration during the Bush administration, I was like, you should do like Mexico does. And now Mexico is doing like Trump does, which is just outrageous. And I hate it and fuck Mexico and fuck, fuck Trump. And just like, I, yeah, I'm hating my country right now because of that. Yeah, that's the thing. And, and the thing is, um, this whole idea of this anti-immigrant sentiment, it did not flourish overnight. You know, like, I do think, and this is a, a thing I've always been uncomfortable with, um, and this is just, might just be me being, being too BC for my own, for my own good. But for example, there's a, there's a joke in the, there's a very common joke in the stand up here in Mexico where like all waiters are Argentinian in La Condesa. It's true. I, 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 it's not true. I've never noticed. Like, I've seen... A, like, there's a lot of them. There's, there's, a, lot there's of a lot of them. them. But, but again, it's like... So, like, in... You know, I'm talking to a whole bunch of people who do stand-up and who want to have, you know, success in show business. I mean, maybe not all of them. You don't want... You, you're you not particularly interested in, you know, like, getting your own uh, late-night talk show that I know of. <laughs> I would love to. Okay. But then there's a lot of, but like, there's a lot of, like, I understand the joke of every single person, like, you know, every waiter in Los Angeles, it's, it's, it's an actor or an actress or a comedian or an improviser trying to make it. Like, I get that joke. And I, and, you know, and it's this thing where, like, there, there aren't enough jobs for the people looking for a job uh, in LA. You know, we can't all be, they can't all be um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson or uh, Meryl Streep, you know, like, fine. But like when you come to Mexico, it's just thing like oh immigrants come and they get they get, you know like jobs as waiters. Like I like my thing is okay. Uh, a I don't see it, and B I don't get the joke. Like, well I get the joke, but the thing is the joke is flawed because the reason why and you know I've noticed that a lot of a lot of Argentinian and sometimes you get like a tufa and you'll get like the Argentinian actor. Mm-hmm. who is a waiter in Condesa. <laughs> like, you'll no. have the, the two things. But here's the thing. Argentinian men mm-hmm. are very sought after by these businesses because they're mostly white, and white is handsome, and therefore handsome is good wait, waiting. Wait, yeah, and, but, why, wait, but why is that? They're not getting white waiters because the people attending, attending the restaurant are very woke people. Who would, you know, no, because most, like, white, people, like most make... white people who are born in Mexico, they will not work as waiters. Yeah, I know. They will refuse. They, they, they will consider themselves above that. I was a waiter for a long time, by the way. That was fun. Um, when I was in college. Okay. It was, yeah. And, you were but, living dream. I was living the dream. I was paying my way through college by being a waiter. It was great. And it was in Coyoacán, which is like the hippie central of Mexico City, which was great. But yeah, like you got this stereotype exists because of racism. It's not because of immigration. That's the funny thing. And it's it's a it's a joke that's going over everyone's heads. But, like, but, can, but can you separate racism from immigration in the end? I thought you could because I knew a lot of people like because of my parents hung out with so many uh, immigrants so many expats i hung out with the sons of chilean parents who were non-white and the sons of peruvian parents who were not white and the sons of bolivian parents who were not white and they were okay they integrated themselves into society really well I never heard of someone, maybe it happened, but I, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear of that my, you know, one of my, one of our closest friends was a family of Chilean uh, immigrants. 
Um, actually, no, he was Bolivian and she was Chilean. And they, we, I never heard of things like, oh, you know, people discriminated against me. People, uh, you know, spouted hate speech at me. No, it wasn't like that. It changed. That, that's what impresses me. Like, it, it just, they, they didn't really feel this stigma Mm-hmm. Because Mexico was still riding on that wave of, you know, you ran from a dictatorship, that's okay. Yeah. But if you're running from poverty, and just looking for a better life, how, how dare you look for a better life here? Mm-hmm. If anyone's going to get a better life here, it's Mexicans. And not even, and just the right kind of And just the right kind of Mexican. Like, yeah. I see you, Chiapas, don't move. I exactly. see you getting that glint of ambition. No ambition for you, Chiapas. Yeah. It's disgusting. And Oaxaca and like the rest of the southern states. Yeah, uh, the, the southeast. The southeast, exactly. Um, no, th- that's the thing. Like, um, as someone who was, you know, I'm again, I'm, I have, I, I think uh, it, it has to be at least three generations before I get, I get any sort of um, like foreign immigrant into my in, in, in into my family like it, it's also weird how you as a younger person sometimes don't realize prejudice and how you're absorbing it through everywhere you know um, I I mean I'm from well half my family from the north of the country Monterrey Nuevo León which is a state that's now been uh, being known for their like very outspoken racism and very outspoken um, discrimination against uh, the rest of the country. And, like, some of them have, like, even come out and say, like, oh, we should just, like, separate from the rest of Mexico because we're basically, we're basically American. Did you know that they did, briefly? I didn't know that. There was a republic, an independent republic that existed for, like, eight months during okay. the 19th century. The, the 19th century, if you don't know your Mexican history, is the century where Mexico got fucked through every single orifice that yeah. Mexico had. But did you know, because I, I learned this when I went, I went to Missouri and I went to St. Louis to the museum under the arch. Um, like, the reason why Texas wanted to separate from Mexico, fuck you, uh, Texas, is the fact that uh, slavery was illegal in Mexico. That is correct. So, like, fuck this whole confederation. Actually, that was, like, kind of an excuse. Well, it was kind of an excuse. Here's the thing. The U.S., very intelligently, well-played U.S., they started sending hordes and hordes of immigrants. But they were not sending Texas. Them. They were going into Texas because they were they were they were going away from anti-slavery laws. No, they were go- no 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 no. I'm, I'm talking about American uh, American people, people yeah. from the people from the north. They were going into Texas and going yeah. into Texas to the point where Texas stopped identifying as Mexican. Yeah. And then, but then the slavery laws came into the thing where, where you know the first. Uh, during the, it was the 19th, the Constitution of 1827, I think it was, mm-hmm. that made slavery completely illegal in Mexico, mm-hmm. and the US were having none of it, and they were like, what? And then Texas separated from Mexico, did not become the US immediately, mm-hmm. but then, oh, surprise, it was full of Americans, and they all wanted to join but, the States. But no, because were, a lot of people in Texas also did not want to join the Union. They also want, like, their own, I mean, it's, their own it's, country. It's complicated. But, um, but yeah, like they 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 had their country like Nuevo León, whatever. But the thing is, like a lot of people in the north of the country, and I'm not only going to say Monterrey, they have this thing where they're like, "Oh no, we're better than the rest of the country." And a lot of that, we're better than the rest of the country, like kind of rests on the fact that they they feel 
more American and whiter than the rest of the oh, country, yeah. and you know, taller. And they are. And they are, they are, they are, they are, they are, they are, again, again. And uh, they're living in a country where tallness and whiteness and Americanness are commodities. They live in a world. They they, they they live in a world, true. But, I mean, here in Mexico, these are very, very palpable commodities. And they have them, and therefore they stop identifying it. It's the same thing that happened with Texas, and it's the same that happened with, you know, the sale of California and all these places. And and this is what what I'm saying. In the end, every single thing about that, 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 that's like, this is the thing, I don't... I don't love Mexico. I don't hate Mexico. I live in Mexico. And this is the country you that... You should run on that. I that ha- should be your slogan. I don't love you. I don't hate you, you. But I live in you. Exactly. Vote for me. And, and I live in... The, and, you know, like, I have this thing where, like, people are always coming and saying, like, oh, the reason why we're Mexican is this. And I've never fully identified with any of the reasons why we are Mexican. Like, the reason why I'm Mexican, because my passport is Mexican, because I was, I was, I happened to be born between the northern and the southern border of a country that right now is being called Mexico. A big part of me feels that way. But I don't know. I'm, I'm very... I, I have this weird patriotism thing about me. Like, I really love Mexico. I love Mexico in the sense that I want to do good by Mexico. Because I think that you need a bit of that as well. And I'm not, I'm not saying you. I'm not, like, lecturing yeah. you. No, 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 no. I think everyone needs to have a, just a dash of patriotism where you say, I'm going to leave this place better than I found it. And I think... And that is the best patriotism yeah. you can possibly have, I think. Yeah. And I think that's... And, and that's kind of thing, like, well, you know, you have to kind of improve, like, everywhere. But then you have countries with a lot of economical power and, you know, like, the, like Europe, Russia, uh, China and the US and Canada that they realize you know like one way we can have a better we can you know improve the conditions for people living here is to worsen the conditions exactly you know it's sort of like have horrible factories in Mexico and other uh, countries that do not do not respect uh, the same labor laws that we do here yes. and pay the and pay the politicians in those countries to make sure their labor laws are never as good as ours because the moment that happens we stop having cheap labor so and then Mexico doesn't make and, it easy either did you there there has there was a um, a crisis two days ago here in Mexico where taxi drivers yeah. staged massive demonstrations against um, taxi apps like Uber and uh, Cabify and Didi and Didi whatever yeah. it is. And uh, people were like hating the taxi yeah. drivers. And I couldn't really blame them because taxis in Mexico are disgusting, no. like just beyond disgusting. So people were like, you know, you had people on Facebook going, but how can we support foreign company- companies? And I was like, it's not that we're supporting them. It's just that Mexico has done nothing to keep our loyalties in this respect. Yeah, but the thing is, you know, it's not even Mexico. The thing is with the taxis are the syndicates, you know, like... Uh, most taxi drivers don't own the car that they're driving and the owners have no interest in improving the units because, I mean, they don't get the complaints and, you know, they just they just care about getting paid at the end of the month, just like Uber. In the end, we are just favoring one uh, taxi driver... Uh, With a better service and a better... Car. No, I'm sorry, one taxi service... That- for right now, Uber is going like there's Uber cannot maintain its prices and its quality the way it's going. It's get, getting a lot of capital from capital from outside that it's like you know paying what's 
what they're not earning. But the truth is, like, and it's happening with Uber. The the the, the cars for Uber they're getting worse because the drivers are not getting paid enough for them to keep their cars in top condition. And also, they're like the drivers for Uber. You know, like they're not getting screened as as well anymore because Uber needs a lot of drivers to have a quote unquote good service, which means that screening drivers is not uh, in their interest. So where were we? I was saying how Uber oh. again they have a lot of like outside capital that's helping them pay, and their system in the end is basically about to collapse. Yeah. Do you think so, really? Yeah, and I see like a lot of drivers that you know when I when I talk to drivers in Uber and and Cabify and Didi, they're all of them. They're either saying uh, they're not getting you know they're not. They're not getting paid as much. They're not getting... Um, Uber's making it harder for them to um, have a wage that would be considered considered fair, let alone livable. And that's the kind of thing. Like, Uber's saying, well, we're not, we're not meant to be like an income in which you live in. But in order to be an Uber driver, an appealing Uber driver to Uber, you need to be actually at le- like putting in at least eight hours of driving to Uber. So it's like... Uber is saying, we're not going to pay you a livable wage, but we do need you to be here at least eight hours a day in order to have a wage that is considerable. And it's like, we're letting go, not even letting go, we're, we're, we're ceasing to support the mafia that was taxi syndicates. To support another mafia. To support another mafia that, like, and that benefits mostly people that are outside the country. Well, I don't know. Ben, uh... If you give me the choice of benefiting, uh, um, you know, people from outside the country or syndicates and unions that are corrupt inside the country, I don't know which is worse. But both are corrupt. Yes, that's the thing. But but business is not corrupt. Of course it is. A business is unable to be corrupt. Of course it is. No, because a business is about profits. And how you make more profits? Yeah. You corrupt the system to not... give yourself more profits. But are they corrupting the system? Of course how there are. are. Right, are they because you know what? The, right now in in California, there was a there was a manifestation by Uber drivers because uh, basically they, they they wanted Uber to acknowledge that they were an integral part of the Uber app. And what Uber ended up winning, thanks to a lot of lobbying, I'm sure, uh, and by lobbying I mean giving money to politicians, um, is that Uber saying no, 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 no. no. We don't need the drivers. We're just a like a like a service app, and it's like it's stupid. Of course, you need the drivers, and of course, you need to. Tr- you, if, if you need the drivers, they are your workers, and if they are your workers, you need to pay them a livable wage. But right now, you have a whole bunch of uh, uh, companies in that are growing from uh, being having access to internet all the time that are trying to pretend that they don't need humans in order to work, and they do like. Uber, Uber Eats, Rappi, which is like Uber Eats, um, this other company that it's about getting getting your supermarket to, to you um, only through an app. Like, of course you need old, like a lot of people to make that work. And you need to pay those people a fair wage. Because otherwise, what you're pretending... Because, yeah, like... You you're could pretending be, to be something you're not. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah, you, you, do, you do have the point. This has been a bleak episode. I know. I like it. We I haven't like laughed a lot. We haven't <laughs> laughed a lot. It's politics. Don't talk about the Constitution. Immigration and stuff. 
if men find out we can shapeshift, <laughs> they're going to tell, tell the church. This is me quoting a video that I'm obsessed with. Like now, this this woman has millions and millions of subscribers, I think, uh, but I still want to give her a shout out because I think she is hilarious. Her name on uh, YouTube is Sailor J. I saw her video like last month and I'm I'm obsessed with her. I'm obsessed with her. So as a parting gift, if I may, I would love it. Oh, she doesn't have a million yet. She has only 452,000. Only. Oh, I have I have well, a thing then. I want to share before we close this this episode. Yes. Last the last 2 months, my rent was paid entirely by comedy. <gasps> And that is a massive, like... Oh, wow. It's a, it's a milestone for me, because wow. it was like, you know, you kind of lose track, especially when you're starting off as a comedian. It's like, oh, I got paid for this, and I got paid for that, and I got paid for this. And you're not doing it... Like, yeah. seriously, I'm not doing it for the money. I When they they asked me a few weeks ago, why are you doing it? And we talk about this. It was like, because I, I want to keep doing it. But then I sat down with my boyfriend. and was like, okay, this is what I got paid for this, and this is what I got paid for this, and this is what... And then it added up. And I pay two months' rent with comedy now. That doesn't mean I'm living off my comedy. I'm nowhere near. No, but two months... Two, it was a huge milestone. months it was worth of rent. Milestone. That, no, like... Seriously, congratulations. I am very, very, very happy. Seriously, that's amazing. Yeah. And at the end of the month, I've got a private show that's going to pay this month's rent. So nice. that's going to be three months if it doesn't get cancelled. I wanted to suggest this one thing to end the show. And yes. Especially when, when we end up in things that are possibly kind of bleak. Uh, and you were, you were going to start doing it uh, with Sailor J, which is this thing I want to do where, uh, like, a uh, recommendation for you to people to either read, watch, uh, follow. It can be Sailor J, again, we, you didn't even finish talking about Sailor J. It was just, she's amazing. Yeah, I'm, I, I, to be honest, I haven't seen that many videos from her. I've seen, like, seven or eight of them. I love her. I think she's so funny. Um... She could be used to teach timing and like, because it's obviously she's cheating. We were talking about this before. Like the comedic format of YouTube depends on the fast cut. Yeah. And basically you create timing by doing that. Yeah. But still, it would, would be very... I, I wouldn't call it cheating because I think if you don't have a timing to do a joke, like... No, you need to have notions of timing. Exactly. You still need to have the notions. Of, that's the thing. I'm not, che- I'm not saying cheating in the sense, but you know, obviously... When you're on stage, you have to create the timing. Yeah. And when you have raw footage, you can kind of um, artificially make something that had no timing have timing. Because if you, if it took you seven seconds to get to the funny bit, you can just get rid of those seven seconds and ju- jump straight into the funny bit. And that's why, obviously, you can fit so many jokes into a four-minute video. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I like her. I, I like her a lot. Um, something else I might recommend... Um, let me, let me think. Comedy-wise, maybe... It can be anything, like movies, books. I saw, uh, alright, I saw a movie that came out last year, and I never saw it because I thought it was going to be rubbish, um, which was the, um, the animated Spider-Man movie. Ooh. Into into the the Spider-Verse. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be a bit rubbish because it, like, animated, I was like, I'm kind of sick of superhero movies. Turns out, best superhero movie I've seen in a very, very, very long time. Yeah, I decided recently. It's amazing. It was fun from beginning to end. The animation is gorgeous. I loved the whole... I love 
this mix of artistic styles yes. just being together. Yeah, like Spider Noir. It's and very meta the anime. and it's, it's, it's enjoyable from start to finish. And I absolutely yeah. loved it. And I saw it uh, on Monday. And I was just like, oh, just let they upload it in Amazon Prime. I was like, oh, I may as well watch it. And I was like, this is so fucking good. Yeah. And I recommend that. If you haven't seen it, a lot of people saw it. It was, it was, uh, it won Best Animated Best Movie, animated movie yeah. which I did not know um, because I don't watch the Oscars. But um, watch it if you haven't. What do you recommend? What do I recommend? That's good. That's a good thing. Uh, a, I, I, I will double the recommendation on the Spider Man movie. I, Spider-Man isn't my favorite superhero because I think like in the live action movies they take in, they, they take themselves too seriously and I think the animation, animated movie is just perfect um, what do I, I recommend you follow comic book writer at Gail Simone uh, G-A-I-L-S-I-M-O-N-E uh, she is a joy to follow on Twitter And she does this thing just to troll people where she'll, like, come up with some fake fact and say it, like, just to the Twitterverse, like, uh, did you know that uh, kaiju is a brand of soda in Japan? And people will be like, ah, no, it's true, kaiju is this, and like, no, no, it's brand of soda, I swear. So she will just, like, troll people, like, for a whole day, she will just, like, answer people with this fake fact that she just made up to troll them. That sounds amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. And she's and she she's written for several comic books, including Birds of Prey and uh, I think Wonder Woman. Uh, she's great. She also worked. She also uh, wrote for Punisher. Uh, she's great. She's really funny. She's amazing. And I just love that. Even though by this point it's like every week she has something different. Like like some months ago she did this thing like this is how the British make, make their tea so it's like a Lipton tea bag and then you put it on the microwave and you know this is how you make the, oh, the British people make tea so you have a bunch of Brits going like that's not true that is not true and how like, you, could you and don't like, mess with my and, tea and she was also all like you might you must be American because this is how the, the British make tea and it was just like a whole day and at some point like you what's her name again Gail Simone she's amazing She's amazing, she's amazing, she's amazing. You should follow her. And that's it for Mexicans this week. Any comments you might have, please send them to our social media, which is Mexicans on Facebook and Mexicans Pod on Twitter. And you can send us an email at mexicanspod at gmail.com. Where can they find you on social media? They can find me at Mr. Drama on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. Mostly Twitter. And you can find me both Instagram and Twitter at Mintonaro. Figure it out. It's not that hard. And Martin Leon on Facebook. Have a nice week, people. Bye. <laughs> This is a very fascinating topic, by the way. Poop in the waste bin. I did not know. My parents never taught me to do that. Did your parents teach you to do that? To what? Poop in the waste bin? This is this is a thing that causes me great conflict. Turmoil even.